Hello, everyone, and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we'll be chatting about the variety of badges and souvenirs available to show in your profile for completion of challenges and statistical accomplishments. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, The Wheel of Challenges. So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash the Line, and it has now been almost a week since the Worldwide Cash Con. How are you feeling about that? Amazing. <laughs> what an amazing day that was on Saturday. Nine yeah. hours of content. Fresh, exciting. Loved it. I loved it. <laughs> it was a very uh, jam-packed day, absolutely. We had uh, content from all over the world, from other vloggers and geocachers, uh, gadget cache creators, um, you name it, it was there and it was just, it was really fun to be a part of and to participate in, uh, chat room had, I think there were over 25 countries people were joining in. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, uh, I think our, our, we had over 1100 people at one time watching simultaneously all around the world. It was just, it was crazy. It was great. It brought so many people together. We've heard so much good feedback. People want another. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're glad we were able to do that and glad that it went so well. Yeah, and it was a whole lot of work for everybody involved, so huge props to the entire team, Mm -hmm. the Geocache Talk Network, and everybody else who also helped contribute content. Uh, It was a big, huge collaboration, teamwork for sure. For sure. (laughs) So we did get a question uh, to clarify something uh, of our regular monthly shows. A uh, question that came in from Hull 77 who asked, how do you find the challenges you guys were talking about? So basically every show we talk about all these challenges and uh, she is somebody who is working towards her 100th find for her birthday in May. So she's oh, good. V- very much a beginner. Uh, she's already got just over 50 finds now. But um, the thing with these challenges that we talk about, we're we're kind of talking about them in general. So these challenges exist anywhere in the world so if, if somebody sends in an email wanting to highlight a challenge then we'll talk we'll we may talk about that and um it doesn't mean to say that uh that challenge can't exist near you somebody like our hope is that it could inspire people to create these sorts of challenges right and uh if somebody really loves creating uh, creating geocaches and owning them then they might be able to create that challenge in their own region perhaps in your area so there are ways to search for challenges um, as you would have to be a premium member, but uh, you can search for uh, challenges using the advanced, uh, the, the advanced search on geocaching.com. So if you were to open up the search page as a premium member, if you open up the filters, 
you can scroll down, 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 and there's this huge grid of attributes. If you were to find the child, I keep forgetting, there's the challenge attribute. <laughs> <laughs> Toggle that on and set up your location distance from home or within a certain region if you want. Hit search and you will get a list of all of your closest challenge caches. Uh, and that's how you find challenge caches. But um, if you want the specific ones we mentioned, you might have to travel some distance to get to it. <laughs> Goals. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> and that's the thing. Some of these challenges are super rare and really unique and really fun to go for. So uh, some of these you could put on a bucket list and, and yeah, plan for a future and plan travel. a trip. Right, exactly. That's what mm -hmm, I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so don't forget to email any of your challenge caching questions, uh, big or small, to email to <laughs> to email to challenge cat talk, challenge talk podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> so every month we also like to highlight some some updates to the challenge statistics in our community, and uh, so Project GC has a very nice uh, little box on their website that gives some technical statistics for all of their challenge checkers. And for the month of February, they are saying as of late this afternoon, 5,844 active scripts. That's up by 121 since last month. These are the things that handle all of the challenge algorithms. Mm -hmm. So all of the challenge caches out there use some type of script. They could be shared between multiple challenges. Uh, we have 34,740 unique challenges so that could be that you know there could be a, a fizzy challenge but there could be a hundred different fizzy challenges right. all using the same parameter set so unique challenge ideas is up by 1603 since last year worldwide that's a whole lot more challenges i i love it uh, just a small it could be a small variant or a really big new idea right like there could be a challenge for one jet one uh, one fizzy loop, one fizzy grid, and then there could be another challenge for two fizzy loops. That's two different, those aren't unique challenges, those are two different challenges. Okay. Um, there are 41,995 active tags, which is up by 528 since last month, and those are unique checkers by GC code. So that that's the one where there could be 100 fizzy challenges all using the same script, right. same challenge, but they're unique GC codes. So there are, there are still a bunch coming out, still a bunch getting published, which is good, which is nice. In time, it would be really nice to see like a, a, a graph, a grid oh, right. of how these numbers fluctuate, especially over the last year, the, the COVID year. <laughs> so worldwide, we have 30,231 active challenges with challenge in the title. That's the old way of identifying. That's up by 86. And we have 30,199 by challenge attribute search, and that's up by 106. So there, there's those two numbers. There's, uh, what is it? There's about 32 difference. But every month we kind of do that comparison. You can see how that little difference is getting closer and closer. <laughs> but um, I was actually kind of curious how many challenges might exist now with the attribute that don't have challenge in the title. Because I, I don't think that's a requirement now, as long as oh, you have, really? or, or is it? I, di I never heard that that went away. Like yeah, I thought I, I understood that, that um, reviewers are going to be checking for both the attribute and the word. 
Yeah, at, at least for, at least for a while, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, so more and more challenges to get to. <laughs> Good. So over, over the past month, there have been a couple of new uh, new th- new news items. Mm-hmm. One has been the addition of a brand new locationless cache type called G at or the GC code is GC eight N E A T neat. And it now partners with GC8 Frog, FR0G, as a lo- available locationless cache types. And I was wondering how you felt about old rare cache types appearing again for today's community. My first reaction when I first heard about GC8 Frog was a lot of excitement because locationless type is the only type I don't have statistically speaking Mm. well (laughs) so i was very excited as it for it i can finally fill that in i won't have a zero in that column and also um the other type i didn't have once they announced the um headquarters celebration would have been the other type so my plan was go to headquarters get the locationless cache there then i'd have no zeros in my statistics for cache types so i was very very excited about it um, and then GC8 Neat came along a few weeks ago, and my first thought was, this is going to make sure everyone can get it. Mm-hmm. The pandemic is still playing a factor in a lot of people's travel, and getting GC8 Frog, even though it's been extended a whole other year, still might not be attainable. Mm-hmm. And I remember when, um, when Virtuals made that revival, the Virtual 2.0s, there was a whole lot of debate about that because those were rare as well, mm-hmm. those virtual icons. And uh, So are we devaluing them in some way? Right, because we had uh, a challenge for, well, uh, there's probably challenges all over the, the states and provinces and whatnot to find all of the virtual caches within your region. Mm-hmm. And that was getting hard. Well, it could be hard because they could be really far away, and but they're all very old. And then the virtual revival came around and suddenly they're everywhere. <laughs> and everybody who was like one or two away from qualifying for that challenge now, much it's like you pretty much start over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it bringing them back has an effect on some of those cash type challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you may or may not like that. So there, there's a, there's an upside and a downside, I think to, uh, to bringing back the old stuff. Um, but I mean, Ultimately, it's it's better for the community and not as fun for people who are very intense on true. <laughs> on true. Keeping, on there, keeping there's things. a I you know I can see it a little bit of pride of being around since the beginning, having a very unique cash type that a large percentage of the current population does not have, and then all of a sudden everyone's going to have it. So. Mm. Yeah, that could be that could be a bummer for some folks. Yeah, and it, the debate even came on for uh, the ape cache when they brought back mm-hmm. the Seattle ape cache. Right. Um, I know even from uh, down in Brazil, there were some people who, uh, you know, they they put so much money and effort into tourism for the only ape cache in the world, and now suddenly there's one in Seattle right around the corner from everybody's homes. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it, it's it's a good idea. I like it, um, and uh, I I think. Because there's only two locationless, it's still super rare. Right. Um, it might ha- it it could potentially 
have an effect for a lot of people on, say, their icons in a day challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, if they plan it well enough for megas or gigas, then that gives one more that they could get right. in one day. Um, yeah, so that was an interesting uh, update since last month. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do beyond the average pickup trash. I want to... I want to make it special. It, it's a special opportunity, so I want to come up with a special idea. Right. Yeah. So this month's topic is all about badges and souvenirs that we can add to our profile. We always talk about challenges, and uh, in the first show, we talked about how challenges came about, the history of them, and how they kind of evolved to what they are now. And it used to be, when we had our public profile, that you would edit your profile and be able to add in your own content like images and badges and statistics and that sort of thing. And when that first came around, uh, there were a few sites that, uh, that helped with all of that. Mm -hmm. But today project GC has come along and now they provide on their website, uh, a number of customized badges based on your statistics. So if we bring that onto the visual, if you're listening audio, we now have Project GC up on your, uh, your custom profile statistics. Uh, so if you go to the statistics tab in the top and click or go to the profile section and click profile stats, then you will see all of your general geocaching statistics. If you were to go to the badge gen tab of your stats, you will see an automatically generated enormous array of a whole bunch of different, um, you could call them challenges, but statistical accomplishments. Right. And it is enormous because they're not mm -hmm. just what you see. They're what you see and you can hover over them and see, have you hit this at just a basic level or how many more, would you call it add-ons can you get? Levels yeah. of this badge can you get? Yeah, you can see like the, there's different colors for the badges for different levels as mm -hmm. you increase, but they right. also have those little little add-ons, little circles and stuff along the edges of the uh, of the badges that show you things like how many loops you've done for that particular accomplishment. There's uh, F, so if you've got an FTF that's included in there, if you've got one on 29th of February, um, there's a 360 uh, an 81 if you've completed a full fizzy loop of a particular uh, category. There's it's a whole badges bunch of stuff on top of badges. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like little little bonus badges. Yeah. <laughs> Baby badges. <laughs> so they kind of, because Project GC has all of these stats in their system, they do this automatically, uh, which is a huge, uh, huge leap over the way things used to be. And it even looks um, different than the last time I did it. So I think I need to get in there and, and uh, check out my updated badges. Yeah, I think because it's their own system. They can update the graphics uh, mm -hmm. anytime they want, pretty much. And I think on their Facebook page, they, uh, they'll they update, they'll, they'll post social media updates about uh, any changes like that. So you can track it and check things. Um, and, and there's just so many things. I mean, it, it, <laughs> lots of stuff to aim for. Um, I can't remember exactly where the list of available uh, badges is, but uh, it's somewhere. <laughs> and it's long. <laughs> But all of this came about um, after 
certain websites were around to do that where you would have to do it manually, such as a popular, probably the most popular website was mygeocachingprofile.com. That's what I started cutting my teeth on when I really started um, making, well, when I found statistics and then they excited me to no end, it, it's where I found them through my geocaching profile. So my profile still features these statistical pictures. Mm -hmm. And this one came about long before the API, which means that it was entirely reliant for premium members. Um, if you had your my finds pocket query, mm -hmm. then they would generate the statistics from that. So the first step when you come to the website, which is still active, and you can go there and use this the results of these of this analysis if you want to, is um, viewing on their website, upload your pocket query uh, as a zip file, which is relatively small. Uh, and then it will take some time to process all of the statistics. So there's a progress bar and it'll start at zero and work its way up to 100%. Once that's done, you'll go to, my, to build my profile. And that's where you will customize all of the different parameters you want to see in your stats. So it's kind of like badges. Because if you look down, if you scroll down, you'll see uh, all of the options of what you want to include and not and all of the results similar to project gc and what you see on your geocaching profile are images mm -hmm. so they generate these images on your behalf and you have the option of showing or hiding whatever you want so if you go to then export profile once you've customized it there is one big huge box of all this html that you can copy and paste into your public profile and it'll give you a preview of what a little what it all looks like. And they've done a lot of updates. They're still active and they've been making some yeah, changes. Yeah, I have, I subscribe to their emails and every now and then I'll get an email about the statistic that they updated or added. Yeah, so they're active. And I've actually taken that code and I've rearranged the statistics to appear in an order that means more mm -hmm. to me on my profile. Yeah. That's one of the big benefits I liked about that because you could hide and show segments easily and then right because if I've been to one state and got one county it'll show up but I can hide that away if that's not a state I'm working on the counties um, mm. if that's just not important to me to show on my profile right and all of these images these sections that they have uh, use the same URL every time so once you do this once you customize your profile copy the HTML to your public profile. You don't have to do that again, except for uploading your updated pocket query. Right. So that seems like the major difference. I have to manually upload my pocket query on my geocachingprofile.com, but Project GC is going to automatically update. Right. And yeah. they do that automatically behind the scenes. Um, and they do have badges. This was one of the uh, content additions that they had, which I thought was really good as well. Again, similar to what Project GC has now, there's different levels for different types of achievements. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you, you get increasing stars and colors like gold, silver, bronze, that sort of thing for how many fizzy loops you've got, uh, places you've found caches in, all of that sort of stuff. And those have, you know, like I said, this was my first um, statistic program I used. And so looking at those badges and looking at that little gray, the gray code you can see says how many more things I need to achieve the next level of the badge. And so that's the kind of stuff that hooked me. And that's the kind of stuff where I can plan my geocaching 
to achieve my uh, different challenges. So whether it was just a challenge to informally update my badge to a better badge or um, a real physical challenge connected to a physical cache um, didn't matter to me. I had a, I had motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That little insertion of uh, your next stage is a, is a nice motivation to keep going. It's like, it's so close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that, that was my geocaching profile. So you can check that out if you want to. Um, and even before, well, maybe around the same time as this website, it was possible for, uh, say your, your local regional geocaching, uh, organization or community to even just kind of offer and host their own, um, their own challenges, their own, um, accomplishments and images that you could put in your profile. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of people that included, Um, Well, at least for Ontario, there was a website that had a number of uh, provincial-based challenges and accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And if you're on that website and you really wanted to, you could copy and paste that code and stick it in your profile. It was was kind of a badge of accomplishment. And uh, there were a number of states and provinces and countries that had that sort of thing as well. There There was no limitation to that because the HTML on your profile is 100% customizable. You can put whatever you want there. Right. Could be a double-edged sword. <laughs> it's a, it's an honor system. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is, uh, that, that's just for uh, the ones that previously existed up to Project GC. Um, now, because, so we had that option before to create your own badges. What would you say if owners began to create their own custom accomplishment badges for their own challenge caches? So if you were to uh, complete and qualify for that challenge, would you w- would you choose to take their code and put it on your profile as, a, as an accomplishment? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want the bling on my profile. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know when it really gained a lot of popularity, but I noticed that in Europe, the badges seem to be huge. And so once I started, for whatever reason, stumbling on upon badges on different profiles out of Europe, and it, it was things like that. It was, I found this cache, you know, and so it's probably a very special cache to have that badge generated from it. And that's a badge of honor to put that on your profile. Mm. So I really like the idea. I think that, yeah, when I create my challenge cache, why not go the next step and create a badge that people can, can um, snag when they find my cache. Right. Like, and and I think having, (sighs) The number of challenges in your area might have an effect on that because if I were to think about it, if it were a fairly common challenge, then I probably wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I've got to put that on my profile. But if it was something very special and unique and rare, um, then I might be a lot more inclined to be like, okay, yes, I've earned that image to put on my profile. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and- right. And I think I think most people would resonate with that. Um, you know, some people would do it all. <laughs> there's all there's all types in, in this world, and so 
you know, um, even Groundspeak. I only have two badges officially from Groundspeak. And I don't know why they only gave badges at certain points for certain things. And they hardly ever come out. But those are very unique points in time where I remember, oh, yeah, way back when they had this promotion. And mm -hmm. so one of them is Haunted Hides. And one of them was Creation Celebration. And one that I don't have was, was it Maker Madness? Was yeah. that a special badge? So, yeah. you know, I definitely remember something specific when I see those badges. Um, but then they also have souvenirs. <laughs> so there's a difference between badges and souvenirs. And, you know, uh, it gets, I guess, nuanced, if you will. Yeah. And if you were to uh, look at your geocaching profile, let me just pull that up, your public profile, there is a tab for souvenirs. And if you view that, then it'll show you all the stuff that you've earned from uh, officially from geocaching.com. Right. So essentially all those are badges too. Yeah. So the thing, the issue with this is that it's just a list of everything. Right. There's it's there's been a lot of talk about having uh they while they're oh, yeah I've got plugins on my browser <laughs> let me turn those off there are um there's been talk about how to sort those souvenirs because right now it's just uh, alphabetically mm -hmm. and sometimes their naming conventions were off so you can't it's it's really hard to group them and tell you know especially for that you know 31 days of August. <laughs> of geocaching of from uh, August of 2013 um, mixed in with a whole bunch of other things, your regional souvenirs and uh, special events. It's, it's all mixed together and there's, it's really hard to, to tell them apart. So what project GC has done is again, in your profile statistics, um, there is a tab for souvenirs. And when you go there, they have, separated and grouped them out. So they've got them into country souvenirs, regional souvenirs, so provinces, states, countries, um, and unique events. So all those special dates and locations. Basically, they've grouped it a lot nicer to, to more easily find what you're looking for. Um, so thanks to them for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have liked uh, scrolling through that feature on Project GC. Mm -hmm. uh, so HQ, yeah, like you said, they provide th the souvenirs, but also badges. And that's kind of a statistical accomplishment. And a while back, I, I kind of thought, wouldn't it be nice if uh, HQ would provide souvenirs for things like statistical accomplishments, uh, for things like fizzy loops and jasmers? Because, um, right, because effectively what these souvenirs are are a challenge accomplishments like mm -hmm. those regional ones we've got challenges that could say you've got to find caches in, in 20 states or five countries or, or right. something like that those souvenirs those accomplishments are reflected in the souvenirs so in a sense they are each souvenir is a type of challenge mm -hmm. even though it could be a very simple challenge one cache in right. one state will get you a state souvenir yeah so having um, a souvenir for something like a Jasmine loop might be might be nice. Now, obviously, people who've got like 100 fizzy grids or something like that, 
won't there won't be a souvenir for every fizzy fizzy <laughs> number. But then that's where Project GC comes in because you've got different levels, different uh, different milestones of certain okay. generic accomplishments. So you go from like bronze, silver, and gold medal for fizzy loops for certain amounts. Um, so I think it'd be kind of neat if HQ would do something like that to some degree, even if it's just the most common ones, because at least then, you know, people can look and say, yes, I've got 5,000 caches and I've got the souvenir for that. Or, uh, you know, 20 fizzy loops and that's that's on there. Like, it would, I, in my opinion, I would love to see something like that. <laughs> Um, but and I don't know, they may argue that, you know, they have the most common statistics available on your profile without you having to do anything such as copy over HTML from any of those outside websites. So I don't know. I wonder if they would do it saying they already have the statistics visible. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, in a sense, that's that's true because you can go to the souvenirs or to your statistics and just see your stats. It's not the same as a badge, though. <laughs> but um, so, just to quickly go over, if you are wondering about all this HTML stuff on your public profile on geocaching.com, under your About tab, there is profile information, and you can customize that to whatever approved HTML uh, you want. And to do that, when you go to that profile, go to that, you would go to the little gear in the top right corner. And when you click that, it'll take you to your account settings where you scroll down. And under that about section, you've got the HTML editor. And so far, so, this seems limitless. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there, yeah, I don't think there is, there's no maximum character count. I remember that when I was updating the HTML from the other websites. <laughs> Um, so if you were to use, say, mygeocachingprofile.com, then that HTML is what you would copy into this box. So you'd make sure you're in the source view, not the HTML view, and paste it into this box, hit save, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's updated. And you can customize that to whatever you want. Um, personally, I've, I've stopped updating it just because now all of the stats are so they're just so detailed on project gc i just link over to the project directly over to the project gc stats um but i, I was messing weird. around this weekend on my on the html because i was adding the badge from worldwide CashCon. so that was yeah. a very simple the html was provided and i was able to insert that wherever i wanted in the middle of all those other statistical pictures you know what? I'm actually going to do that right now because I haven't done that yet. Sounds good. So <laughs> if you were to go to geocachetalk.com slash WWCC dash badge, it will take you to the travel bug that contains the instructions for adding the attended badge. Let's get that on display. So the little attended badge, there it is, uh, that says you attended Worldwide CacheCon. Again, this is an honor system thing. Right. <laughs> uh, you can just block and copy the text for that image, go to your public profile, and insert it somewhere on that, in that HTML. Now, if you know, this is not an HTML tutorial, but if you know <laughs> where to put it, <laughs> then you can just paste it in there, and I won't play with it too much. 
save the changes and then when you go to your public profile it will be visible on your profile right there yeah and it's it, we have it set up so that yeah if you click it it'll take you to the worldwide cash con website <gasps> maybe it'll happen again we'll see <laughs> we'll see lots of stuff <clears throat> uh okay so i need to insert this i think we have um a good idea for a career pizza pizza ninja needs a challenge cash motivational coach <laughs> <laughs> or pizza pizza ninja you could be the first challenge cash motivational coach you can find Motivate the secret you're looking for and then really run with this <laughs> Who know that could be a new business proposition, you know? Love it. Love it. Do it. <laughs> well, it's like a gym coach, right? It's like a, a fitness, yeah, fitness coach exactly. for challenges. It's <laughs> a good idea. Um so yeah, so the the other question with if uh HQ were to implement something like uh souvenirs for statistical accomplishments, um they would obviously be auto-generated, but uh yeah, I think they if they would do something like that, it should be limited to either very common uh, accomplishments like the Jasmine Fizzy, that sort of thing, or very rare and, and or very rare accomplishments, things that people can look forward to uh, to completing. Right. Like vis right. visiting 20 countries or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think along the line of if you have created a really awesome destination cache, really um, desirable achievement type cache, and you have the ability to create a piece of artwork to go with it, I, I really like that idea. I would probably display that. I think my biggest hurdle would be creating the artwork. I would have no idea how to do that. <laughs> I'd have to you know, pay someone. And a good idea for that as well is there's no reason why you couldn't uh, enlist some help. Like if there's somebody who is an artist, they might see this as a good opportunity to get their work out to the public as well. Right, right. And, and I know that um, Groundspeak does that sort of thing when they bring in a new region souvenir, like mm -hmm. creating the artwork for that souvenir is a, a really big deal for them. Right, you're right. It's got to rep represent the country, represent the province, state, that sort of thing. So yeah, if, I mean, if you want to do that as a cash owner, then by all means, no, no reason not to. And that you're not forcing people to put it in their profile. If they want to, they can. Right, right. Um, but I think it would be more likely if it's something that is that they really want to show off. <laughs> yeah. Now we have another question. Um, we mentioned the badges on Project GC, but what about the belts? Eric oh, says the, the belts are a great belts. motivator. Right. Now, I, yeah, I haven't looked at that for a long time. Um, where was uh, yeah? Where were those again? Was that that um, wasn't in the badges? Was it? I just know that I've oh, seen them oh, under yes. the badges. Okay, that's yeah. all I know. <laughs> yeah, there they are. So yeah, we've got badges, and then when you work your way down, so there's only there one belt. Belts. Um, belt information. So yeah, it, it's based on points earned by certain accomplishments. So I haven't even looked at this yet. This is a good catch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking mine Completely up right forgot. now. I want to know what my belt color is. Yeah. I, like, I, I remember seeing them, but um, I personally I haven't paid too much attention to the Project GC badges because there's so many and it's all automated. It's like, yeah, it's really cool. But uh, I've just been focusing on challenges. <laughs> 
but uh, so I've seen the belts, but I haven't looked into the details about how how you earn them. So that's a good thing to look into. Um, it looks like that is more of a, a customized accomplishment based on certain criteria. So for example, looking at one, you earn points, 10 points per 50 caches found on a day with most fines, maximum of 40 points. So yeah, like it, it's basically individual challenges that uh, that Project GC has created to earn points towards belts. Yeah, and I just hovered over my belt, which appears to be black. And it says I have 400.88 total points, and that's the highest reward available. So I guess there's a limit on the belts. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a reference for all of the belts and what the, uh, the, the requirements are to earn them. Um, and if you clicked on badge information, you would see a ton yeah. of information on the badge that's, levels too. That's, that's where that's all the information more is. more detailed than just hovering over the badge to get a little bit of yeah. info. It gives you a visual breakdown of everything that's that composes the badge that you've earned. Yeah. Good. Good catch. Thank you for that. Yeah. We'll have Thanks, to look Eric. into that a little more for a future show. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we can move into our next segment, our monthly Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> I need to get a sound bite for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me load it up. And there it is, the <laughs> there Wheel is. of Challenges, where one live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel. I have a chance to win the grand prize, which is a one-year membership to Project GC. And to enter, you only need to send an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com with a subject containing spin me, followed by your geocaching username and the answer to the following question. And the first verified user gets the wheel. <laughs> uh, your profile will be checked live on Project GC, and if you qualify, you win. So remember, your you have to have a valid GC username. <laughs> um, so I think I can tell that all of our live viewers and chatters do. We've got dedicated people in our chat room. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very active. It's great seeing those emails roll in. <laughs> so here is your question for this month. <laughs> we had some fun uh, about this topic, uh, our network. Um, so the question is, how many hours long was the Worldwide Cash Con scheduled to run? There could be two answers coming in for this, but hopefully just oh, one. Oh, because... I think I know what you mean by two answers. Are <laughs> are is the community smarter than the rest of us in the network? <laughs> so does that mean you'll accept one of two answers for this? Just one, the correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've already got we've already got them rolling in, and they're the wrong answers. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm very curious. Oh, we have we have a winner. It is. Oh, oh, but I don't know. I don't see a geocaching username. Oh, oh we need a geocaching username. Uh oh, oh, and we've got a first email with the correct answer and a caching name, and that is the Twonky. 
That twonky. Here we go. Correctly answered nine. Nine hours. I said it at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so the twonky, you are facing off the wheel. Let's spin the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna do that. Too. <laughs> oh boy, you got a five star. But you know what? I knowing the Twonky, I I'm I've got confidence here. Let's see what it this is. This could be interesting. You have GC one Q A B C, which is a mystery puzzle challenge of the century. That cache, load that up, is a five difficulty five terrain. It was placed in 2009, so it's pre-moratorium. And it, it, where is it? It is in Nevada, posted by Jacob Barlow. Uh, numbers. We are fascinated by them. We love to celebrate milestones and goals of met of various numbers. 100 always seems to be a significant number that gives us a sense of accomplishment. To log a founder for this uh, cache, in addition to finding the cache and signing the logbook, you must have found 100 mystery puzzle caches. I still laugh at this one. <laughs> it's a 5-5 five, five, finding 100 puzzle caches. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. So, okay. Memphis Mafia says he's found it. So, Jesse, tell us, is it a five terrain in real life? Mm-hmm. So, we'll wait for his answer. That, that That's, yeah, that's a good question because this, especially back down in 2009, um, a lot of these five fives were rated for the the the, the, the difficulty of the sum of accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and five Jesse five says could be a no, one. it should not be a five. <laughs> <laughs> so with the plug-in, so this because it's a pre-moratorium, there is no oh, oh, requirement. Oh, here we go. The donkey mm-hmm. says he found his one thousand five hundred and twenty-fourth today <laughs> so this is a technicality <laughs> so for verification purposes <laughs> so being a pre-moratorium <laughs> a pre-moratorium challenge cache there's no requirement to have the checker in the description but with a little plugin in the browser the project gc plugin they insert a little section that shows any available project gc checker associated with that gc code so in this case, there is one that has been connected to this listing. So if we go there, then what we should find, <laughs> scrolling down to putting a profile name in the Twonky, the Twonky, choose it, and run checker has qualified. <laughs> I think uh, I think we might switch that 5-5 five five out for something. <laughs> So congrats to the Twonky. He has won a one-year membership to Project GC. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, so our second little game that we love to play for our viewers is uh, the Monthly Challengers, where uh, we give a congratulatory shout-out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging, that's the key, a challenge cache since the last show. There's been a few uh, little, a few questions for clarifications on that. So um, just to make sure that that is clear, you do have to find and sign the challenge cache since the last show. We say over the last month because we have the first Thursday of the month. So pretty much it is since the last show, um, find and sign the challenge cache. Not 
not just sign it, but log a found it. So you have to qualify for the challenge and sign it. That's technically the full qualification. Uh, and that will enter you, enter you into the prize draw giveaway. And the prize now, for the last few months, has been a very special challenge talk geocoin. Very have it with you. lovely coin. Yeah, do have it. Look at that. He's so nice. And we now have the ability. I just love this. I love my new thing to have a frame for all the challenge or geocache talk network coins in mm -hmm. a frame, a matching mm. frame. I love this. Tis the thing of beauty. Yes. <laughs> so of all of the emails that came in, we get them and, uh, and we browse through them and try to pick out a few that uh, we think are are unique and interesting to uh, to show the public. Yeah, I love hearing what people have been up to, and I love hearing the uniqueness that's coming in year round. You guys don't let any season stop you from doing mm -hmm. awesome things. Mm -hmm. And these are pre and post moratorium, so there's a huge variety of uh, of challenges. So the first one that has come in is from Runner Casher. It is GC8Y0WP, the Souvenir Collecting Challenges. Challenge. Mm, how skill. appropriate. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was just appropriate for this month. <laughs> you have to have over, you have to have uh, in this one 175, not 75, 175 souvenirs. Okay. The, Wait, there are, yeah, this is too, no, the expert is 175. This one is 75. Okay, so this person That's has put out more than one challenge around souvenirs. Yeah. So this is a good example of uh, of a cash owner putting out like a bronze, silver, and gold level. Yeah. So there's three different caches, same idea, just hard, easy, different different uh, milestones. I like that. Um, it it gets you thinking and doing and having a local chance of uh, a nice little accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And the, the souvenir challenges were, they, I think, I don't know if there were a lot more, but they were more popular before HQ started pumping out those souvenirs. Those right. I can remember many years ago where I think it was a hundred souvenir challenge cash that I ran across. And I, and I, um, quickly started counting and I was like, oh, am I going to make it? Gonna... But now I would have no problem. <laughs> I have so yeah. many souvenirs. And I've seen so many of these get archived because what used to be hard at 100 souvenirs is now super easy. Right. It's like you, you don't change the difficulty. You just got to archive and then publish a new one with a higher number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next up, we have one from Abe Wall, the Traveler Challenge. And that one is GC33Z05. Wait, nope, that's the start. That's the wrong one. No, let's say... Oh, wait, wait, wait. My <laughs> captions are all wrong. <laughs> okay. It is the Star Chaser Trophy, GC388 and <laughs> GC3ATNN. I can talk. I can spoke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're still tired from CashCon. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Chaser Trophy Challenge. It is from 2012 by The Bride in Iowa. Currently, yes, it is Iowa. And uh, in this case, 
you have to have a DT difficulty and terrain average above 2.0. I've seen a few of these. These are getting pretty common. Okay. So your personal average. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look at, hey, this is a picture from uh, my geocaching profile. Right. <laughs> if you were to look at your geocaching stats on your DT grid, it will give you a, an average difficulty and an average terrain. Those are the things that you're looking at. And I think a lot of people tend to focus. I mean, if you look at pretty much anybody's DT grid, all those dark squares will be in that upper left corner in the low difficulty, low terrain. They're the most mm -hmm. common, the easiest, quick park and grabs, power trails, that sort of thing. So filling up those high difficulty, high terrains is what you're going to need in order to qualify. You're going to have to, in, in a way, you'll have to, filter all of your geocaching searches to above DT2s. Right, right. And this is one of those challenges that isn't allowed anymore because it is possible to unqualify. Right. Um, if you were, or to limit what caches you would find in order to qualify. Because to do this, you've got to not find anything below two. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and they don't want you not finding. <laughs> Exactly. And and so yeah. this is one of those that, yeah, you can't do it now. But the ones that still exist out there, something to shoot for. <laughs> oh, we have simultaneous comments in the chat room saying, I love events way too much to accomplish that challenge. Because <laughs> events have one, one maybe terrain, but a yes. difficulty of one, which is really, if you go to a ton of events, it's going to bring your, your average down. Yeah. Yeah. The terrain can be a five, but uh, the the difficulty has to be a one. Yeah. Um, and that was sent in by Abe Wall. Uh, next up, we have one in from the Twonky. And it is the... Uh, let me get this correct one up. The Mission Challenge 50 Puzzle Cache per day where you have to 50 puzzle cache day. <laughs> My <laughs> notes are getting mixed up here. Uh, the mission challenge, 50 puzzle cache day from West End Geocachers. Okay, uh, it's, I'm intrigued. It's in California. And here you just have to find 50 puzzle caches. Now, usually that's just unknown caches. And mm -hmm. a lot of challenges don't make that distinction. But this one, they have, this was placed in 2013, so it's pre-moratorium, and uh, they are, so this is before the attribute, and they have to be unknown or puzzle, mystery, puzzle type, or cache types, um, but they can't have the word challenge in the title. Mm, so they say that, mm -hmm. okay, in the, the, this description. So they're doing all that they can to make sure that you're not finding challenge caches to qualify. They have to be puzzle caches. Now, I mean, that because this is all pre-moratorium, you could be filtering out puzzle caches with challenge in the title. <laughs> but there's yeah. no way to know. And, you know, I'm not, in some ways, I'm not very high tech. And I see that there's still a Project GC challenge checker on this. So my first thought is, wait a minute, we're combining types and we're involving words. But even with those different aspects, they can still run a script. Right. So the, the checkers can do loads and loads of stuff. And you can All create a checker 
Right. And you can create a cool. checker for challenges pre-moratorium. But uh, so you could do a lot more in the scripts than you are allowed to for post-moratorium challenges. So that's why some of these older challenges now have checkers because people have created checkers for them. And yeah. this one does actually filter out. So if you were to click on the show button when you're viewing oh, okay. the checker, yeah. it'll, sh it'll show you those parameters that make up this challenge. So they do say it's got to be 50 unknown caches, but excludes any cache name with challenge in the title. So, the so I guess just dream big. If you, if, if you can imagine it and it's within guidelines, you can hide it. Right. And the, the script writers will have a better idea of what's possible and what's not. So worst you can do is ask and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next up, we have another one from the Twonky. He sent in a whole bunch of great, interesting, unique ideas. This one is GC4K843, the mm. Star Trek mission challenge. <laughs> I thought this was great. So... This one, again, is Premoratorium 2013 by Craig's Outside in California. And it is a Star Trek challenge. It is a themed challenge cache right. where you must have found at least 1701 caches. That must be a Star Trek caches. thing that I don't know. <laughs> what? I it's don't. the NCC 1701, the Enterprise. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that... At least 10 caches with a Star Trek reference in the name mm, and title. Yeah, okay. So an old bookmarking type challenge. Yeah. So this is one where you have to track the caches you find and then say, yeah, this one is, has a whatever category. You can't run a checker on something like this because there, you, there's like endless amounts of text that could fit any particular category. Mm -hmm. So unless you explicitly outline in the description the qualifying pieces of text you're not going to have a checker for it. So you have to do this manually, which means going through your finds and filtering and searching and flagging qualifying caches. So this one obviously is place, being placed in Ontario. Hey, <laughs> Ontario, California. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, this has been placed in, a vicinity, in the vicinity of probably a series of Star Trek-themed caches that may ha might have character places and stuff in their names. So th this is something that actually happened fairly common. Somebody puts out a large series of caches based on a theme, and then somebody places a challenge nearby that's based on finding caches with 50 birds in the title because there's a bird series nearby mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or a cemetery series with, uh, um, uh, uh, what's a good, boneyard in the title. That's a, a fairly common ongoing series. So you'll see a lot of pre-moratorium caches like that. Right. Yes, I've done many uh, search through my total list of cash finds for different words for mm -hmm. different old challenges like that. Mm -hmm. Tom has a great idea. Now, I do recognize this. He thought it was the number of first to finds to boldly go where no one has gone before. I like that idea. <laughs> Not allowable, but a really great idea. <laughs> I'll have to remember that one for another future show topic. Yeah. <laughs> So we have one more in from the Twonky who has sent in GC5PAE1, a piece of pie challenge. Now this one, I have not seen this before. I like this one. Okay. I've seen, I've seen similar, but this particular specific idea, no. So this was another one by Craig's Outside in California. Um, this is one where you have to find uh, 
sequential or sequentially uh, yes consecutive days you have to find a certain number of caches each day but to follow the theme of pi the first day is three second day one then four then one oh. five nine two so it does mention in here that uh, it's at least those number of finds per day but you kind of have bragging rights if you can limit your cash finds so that to you can exactly look at your, that to exactly those <laughs> so if you can find in one month 31 like 31 days of caching where you only find three one four one five nine two all the way 31 digits of pi that respect that would be yeah <laughs> i mean because then you could just like look at your your day counts your fines per day count and then you see pi in there i yeah, love that'd it be awesome. i love it <laughs> <laughs> so i like that idea you can't you wouldn't be able to have that obviously now by limiting that but you could no could you i think you know that's a good question if you could publish a challenge based on having at least that number of fines per day for a month i think it's possible i don't know i i still really feel like i need to study the guidelines to know them better. Yeah, it's one of those that's kind of uh, an intricate one that, I don't know, it might might be a judgment call. I don't think it's explicitly disallowed. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> Stay tuned. That's for another show. Yeah. <laughs> we also have one more. There were, there were so many good ones. It was hard to limit this one uh, this month. Uh, we have it in from Curious KDB. It is GC... 47RZG by Sloth96, uh, published in 2013, pre-moratorium in Massachusetts. And it is the dreaded Yankee is Lonely Challenge. Hmm. To complete the challenge, <laughs> you need to collect 25 body parts to build your own mystery monster. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Another find a word in the title cache. But yep. what a fun theme. <laughs> I love this theme. So there are there are little detailed instructions. You have to find at least 25 different body parts, body part names. Even says that you can only have one butt, but it can also have a bottom, booty, bum, behind, backside, can, caboose, and seat as well. So you literally are building a monster of oh, who knows how many great. body parts. <laughs> I want to go like, here and just see if I have, have what's required, just for the fun of it. <laughs> I think that's like, a good wintertime activity, seeing if you qualify for different challenges, even if you can never get there. <laughs> and it looks like he's actually, it, it's a pre-moratorium, 2013, but uh, there is a custom checker built for this cache where it looks wow. like the cache owner is updating the list of acceptable text. So what I would think is going on, I haven't looked too deeply into it, but... You do, because it's pre-moratorium, you don't have to have to use the, the checker because you mm -hmm. might have text that isn't in there and so, and you can't limit that. So, But you can see if you already qualify by using what other people have used as qualifying text. So every time somebody posts a find with qualifications and lists out all of the body parts, if there's one that's not in the checker, I'm guessing the owner uh, adds that into the list. Okay, cool. Making it easier for people in the future to quickly check if they qualify instead of doing that whole scanning through my finds to just thinking of what, what can I what search for that might be a qualifier? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I just love that theme. Yes, <laughs> like I'm so glad monster. she shared that with us. And we have the <laughs> chat room chiming, chiming in for the one before. Everyone's saying having at least a number of fines is okay, but exact yeah. is not okay per right. current guidelines. Yeah, exact. I knew that would be off. But if you can, yeah, if you can do that and say at least for each of these days, you have at least these number of fines, then that's an additive challenge. I and, really like uh, that. That would be a fun one to hide. Yeah. So it's just those 31 days of consecutive cash fines of at least that number per day. Mm -hmm. So those were just a few of those being sent in. Uh, once again, if you have any, then remember to email challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com with the GC code. And if you want a photo to share as well uh, for any challenge cash that you have found since the last show <laughs> and so from all of the people who have sent in since last month we have picked a random winner and this month's winner for show number eight the eighth winner is runner casher hey congratulations <laughs> congrats to runner casher uh we will be in touch to figure out how to get you your prize your award <laughs> your coin yeah so near the end we always do a little bit of an update on my little uh ongoing challenge to you the community and that is to complete the iron man bingo challenge this is a cache that i set up just before close close to the moratorium when some new rules came into play uh where it's literally a five by five bingo grid of consecutive day challenges. So these are all 25 days of some kind of category. And some of them are super hard. Some of them are relatively easy. This is a challenge that is harder for people who are veterans of geocaching, have cleared out the areas, mm -hmm. easier for people who are just getting started. So if you're relatively new, take a look at this challenge. It could be good motivation. <laughs> Um, oh, sometimes I envy the new people. <laughs> ah, man, yeah. <laughs> so there are people who have completed it uh, successfully. You, all you have to do to, to qualify for the cash, the minimum requirement is getting a line. So it's just a bingo game. But I've also given shout outs to people who've completed more difficulty, uh, more difficult shapes, uh, like XI, HO, diagonal lines, rows, multiple stuff. The first people who complete, or the only, the all of the people who complete the entire card. Um, and there is a special prize for people who do that, uh, any of the shapes or full cards, and that is to win a geocoin that I'll soon be minting. And it's on the horizon. It's almost there. <laughs> so I'm presenting this challenge to the public, to you guys who love challenges. You don't have to find this cash. This is just about qualifying for this bingo challenge it is right. it's old and rare it cannot be published now and i don't want to archive it <laughs> i just want to see more people <laughs> working towards it i still i still haven't qualified for it myself because this was published before the requirement that you had I'm to qualify, for, to your qualify own challenge. for your own mm -hmm. <laughs> so i'm still working towards it as well which means huge props to people who have completed the entire card now this would be a great challenge to have a badge for this yeah. would be a badge Well, there's of a geocoin. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it would be good to have maybe that uh, that geocoin as a badge as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I was, looking, I was thinking about that. I should look into that. 
Um, so there were uh, some people who had mentioned that they were working on it, uh, but there has not been an update since the last show. So if you want to, check it out, work towards it, and, uh, well, maybe you can do it. Maybe you can beat me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenge. <laughs> beat Jeff at his own challenge, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, that was this month's show. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts about badges? I want souvenirs. to make badges. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't have many to do, but depending on my first challenge cash, maybe maybe I will incorporate a badge mm -hmm. to go along with it. You know, mm -hmm. in my area, that's not been common. And so I could bring something new, not only a new challenge, but a new idea, a concept to my area. Yeah. And and in in planning for this show, it's kind of kind of made me think about the same thing. Like, yeah, like putting a, um, providing a special badge image for people who've completed this bingo challenge and uh, some of my other challenges could have them as well. Like, I never thought about that before and it could be a fun little addition for people who yeah. want to do that sort of thing. So and I probably will do that. <laughs> so next show, as a reminder, every month, it's the first Thursday of the month, but that for March will be March 4th. So be sure to tune in then and uh, we'll find out what our topic for that month for next month will be. We're Stay almost tuned. coming up to April 1st. April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, show notes for this episode will be posted to the description on the YouTube and uh, other locations as well. So check back for that if you want to see the GC codes and all that stuff. And uh, on that note, we want to thank you for watching. Thanks to the chat room for tuning in and participating. Uh, and I guess until next month, just remember that it's not always about the numbers. It's about that challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. Let's get That's out there. Right. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a good one. Good night. Good night.